Vince Coakley, normally heard at this time, will return, but on this Monday, it is my great honor to be in for Vince. It's recovering United States Congressman J.D. Hayworth, High Point native, proud NC State alum, and to complete this Carolina's combo cast, former sports anchor at Channel 4 Greenville. Yeah, it was a while back, more years than I would care to count. In fact, speaking of years passing, one of the other advantages of being behind the mic is I can can give shout-outs to birthday folks in my family. And yesterday, my dear Aunt Sue up in Salisbury turned 91. Happy birthday, Aunt Sue, from Popeye. It was a thing when I was a kid. She was olive oil, I was Popeye, and that's back when I thought cartoons were real. Uh, And on the, the flip side of chronology, my nephew, the doctor. Trey Hoover yesterday became constitutionally eligible to be president of the United States. He turned 35, which is how long I... I've been out in the desert, uh, living in Arizona, but so happy to be here behind the microphone on WBT and in the upstate of South Carolina, WORD. Some things don't change. The Ingalls Market Talk Line, 1-800-928-1110. Call is toll-free from any place. And I mentioned the presidency uh, later in the program, the two faces of Trump. How can a guy uh, do something, well, in this case, not enraging, just kind of mystifying, and then come forth with a policy pronouncement that is so cogent? That's coming later. Plus, Elon Musk going to uh, his... (laughs) He used to call himself the head twit. Well, a a twit-like move, what was it, yesterday, saying, hey, okay, we'll take a poll if you don't want me to stay as CEO. Hey, how many, uh, Elon, there are still bots out there, and there are still lefties. That, That was the whole idea behind Twitter. Was this Elon Musk's way to try and take a powder gracefully? We can talk about that later, too. But but one thing about this program is it is a point where we offer perspective on the news. Yes, at times there is breaking news to which we must react instantly. But this morning, I, I just got to go back to something that happened last week. And when I received the call that I was going to be in for my pal Vince... Concurrently with that, Kurt Schleister over at townhall.com wrote the column. I'll just read the headline. I think that's enough invective. Just how stupid are Senator Tom Tillis and the rest of the Republican establishment? Oh, man, and Kurt unloaded. Now, now the good news is, as they would say legally, it is a moot point. Apparently, this nutty amnesty idea has gone down in flames. But there was Tom Tillis, teamed up with uh, Washington's latest it girl, Kirsten Sinema, 
from Arizona, ironically, who just went out, a, what was a week ago Friday, and breathlessly said, I'm not, a, I'm not a Democrat anymore, I'm an independent. Yeah, like pushing amnesty is not the greatest thing in the world for the Democrat Party. So anyway, Tillis and Cinema teamed up, and I just think for future reference, you need to listen to some of the hoo-ha that Tom was putting out on the Fox News channel. Here he is on America's Newsroom with uh, the ex-Bush press secretary, Dana Perino, and my old intern at Channel 5 Cincinnati, Bill Himmer. And one thing about it, old Tom, he was trying to sell natural gas as perfume. I mean, the, the stuff that's generated by cattle and humans. Take a listen to cut one. We want to seal the border. We want to prevent two million crossings every year and with Title 42 going away, potentially many, many more than that. You want to seal the border. Memo to Tom. You got to enforce current law. See, Tom, that's the whole problem. We're not enforcing current law. Now, something Senator Tillis mentioned that is true. Title 41 is about to go in the shredder. You have seen the the teeming mass of humanity uh, in El Paso, Texas. You have seen it. Well, no, they, they, they alternate spots where they show this. And so El Paso is a larger media market, so they're there, as opposed to my bride's adopted hometown of Yuma, Arizona. But all the illegals are lined up, ready to come in. And so, you see, Tom and Kirsten did this because they're looking for a, quote, practical solution. Again, flipping over the cards, the practical solution is enforcing the law. Let me give you another take on Tom Tillis. Remember how I've told you what the poll-tested phrase is for the biggest open borders pimp to the toughest, toughest border hawk? What is it? We must secure the border. And sure enough... Uh, I won't use the metaphor I was going to use. Sure enough, uh, like a boomerang and or malaria, Tom Tillis returns to that poll-tested phrase, cut to. We want to secure the border, and we want to make sure that the crisis at the border that the president has to understand exists has to be solved. <laughs> really nice, Tom, and, and way to incorporate a phrase, we must secure the border. As I've shared with you, 90-plus percent of Americans say, yeah, it sounds pretty good. But again, here's the difficulty. you gotta, you got to get the president to realize there's a crisis. Heck, the president doesn't even remember what he had for breakfast. That's why he's there. They got, they're pulling his strings, and he's, yeah, border open, that's a great thing. And again, this is really nothing new. It's just become more and more blatant. A shout-out to columnist Selwyn Duke. Years ago, he stated the obvious in a memorable fashion. This is all about the left securing its political future from now till the end, which uh, may be sooner than we realize. In most political operations, it's called getting out the vote. 
But with this crowd right now, it's bringing in a whole new vote. That's what this whole amnesty thing is about. And there is a fundamental flaw at work here. When one side has no interest in solving the problem for Americans, when one side is bound and determined to have the invasion continue, this is what you get. But hey, it's not just me. Tillis's Senate colleague sound off. We'll have that next. It's JD for Vince. Please stay tuned. past 10 Eastern Standard Time. Recovering Congressman J.D. Hayworth in for Vince on the eponymously named Vince Coakley radio program. Number to call toll free from any place. 1-800-928-1110. Now, I started off with uh, a, a new model. Well, you know I'd have to get into this sooner or later. Uh, I was trying to figure out the whole deal with Tom Tillis and amnesty. And I understand he's kind of caught in a time warp. The uh, George W. Bush comprehensive immigration reform, the Karl Rove, the Chamber of Commerce cabal, and then a, a, a need to be noticed. you you got to become uh, the new Lindsey Graham. Remember Lindsey? If you don't believe in amnesty, you're uh, uh, you're a racist. And and of course he changed his tune when he figured out that people didn't agree with that. At least that's what he says. I, if it ever came to a vote, it'd be problems. But hey, I don't think it's. They may try to sneak this through yet. Remember, your home and property is not safe as long as they're in session, especially over there in the Senate. Now, it is worth noting that there's another Tom in the United States Senate, another Republican who uh, is not fallen for this amnesty hoo-ha. That would be Senator Tom Cotton, Republican of Arkansas, who, when he offers his objections, uh, he would never say it this way, given the comity of the Senate. That's comity, C-O-M-I-T-Y, not comedy. But basically, Tom Cotton is saying to Tom Tillis, are you out your cotton-picking mind? This is cut three. You hear a lot of talk about so-called dreamers and how we need to give them some kind of legal status. Well, right now, Joe Biden is creating hundreds of thousands of more so-called dreamers every month. What we have to do is secure our border, prevent this historic flood of illegal aliens coming to our country before we address any other issues in our immigration system. Yeah, bingo. See, if you don't if you don't patch the boat, if you keep the big hole, the big wide open border, if you add to your problems to torture the metaphor a bit more with this Title 42 biting the bag, uh, well, guess what? You just you put another big hole in the boat. Oh, we're going to bail some more out by just uh, saying these folks, uh, they can come on in. But I tell you, Tillis is trying every trick. He was last week. Now, maybe he's seen the air of his ways. It'll be interesting to see what he has to say about it. 
Uh, Tillis, last week on Fox News, he, he repeats that other whopper that these so-called dreamers, that these folks who came here under a legal age, well, they're, they're just really better people than, than you American citizens are. Listen to cut four. These are people that came to this country as minors who are now doctors, scientists, teachers, hundreds serving in the military. And I think the American people understand this is very different than this concept of amnesty. This is going to give them a path, and it's not automatic. Well, wait, wait a minute, Tom. You say that. But again, the fundamental problem is with the crowd in charge, they, you've already seen ample demonstrations that they don't give a tinker's darn there's a family show they don't give a tinker's darn about following the law especially not on this topic so you put something in place here's the deal uh dreamers carve out dreamers amnesty it'll be a nightmare to enforce because the crowd in charge is not going to enforce it that's just the bottom line. It, it ain't going to happen. Oh, but get ready. It, it started with uh, the new press secretary, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, is that her name? Uh, starting in the press briefing on Friday, it's that this president is working hard for a solution. Yeah, yeah. How, you know how this crowd defines the solution bringing in all the illegals and making them voters. Yeah, they're working hard on a solution. And the blame they're putting back on Trump and the Republicans and their willing foot soldiers at the Alphabet Networks and the big newspapers are happy to repeat that lie in the echo chamber. If, if you need evidence, listen to what I'm going to play for you now. This is from, uh, I believe, ABC's This Week yesterday, Martha Raddatz, <laughs> the ABC uh, anchor. ABC now stands for Always Biden Cheerleading. She's talking to Texas Governor Greg Abbott. El Paso has declared a state of emergency. Abbott, he's been somewhat reluctant, but he's really amping up what the Texas Rangers and state law enforcement and the Texas Guard can do on the border. But to hear the way Martha Raddatz says it, if you mention the problem, well, it's on you, not our lovable Joe Biden. Take a listen to Cut 5. You talk about the border wall. You talk about open borders. I don't think I've ever heard President Biden say, we have an open border. Come on over. But people I have heard say it are you, our former President Trump, or Ron DeSantis. That message reverberates in Mexico and beyond. So they do get the message that it is an open border, and smugglers use all those kinds of statements. It was, it was known for the time that Joe Biden got elected that Joe Biden supported open borders. Uh, it is known uh, by the cartels who have sophisticated information whether or not the Biden administration is going to enforce the immigration laws or not. And yeah, it ain't even sophisticated intelligence, ga intelligence gathering by the uh, cartels. Every time any president makes a pronouncement, I remember one day, gosh, this is almost two decades ago, 
back when MSNBC would actually have some conservatives on, before it came to represent makeup stuff and never believe conservatives, I was coming on after George W. was doing one of his press conferences on comprehension, immigration reform. And I pointed out that, in essence, every time the president went to defend, he's just, hey, folks, trying to find a better way of life. Every time he was doing that, he was putting a y'all come sign out there. But to the point about blaming the GOP instead of Biden now that he's in the White House, do you remember what Martha Raddatz is asking you to do is forget what you've seen with what she would call your own lion eyes? Remember the, when, when this invasion really picked up as soon as Biden got in the White House? What kind of T-shirts had they handed to these so-called dreamers? They had T-shirts with a Biden logo on there. And some slogan, I'm sorry, I only took four semesters of Spanish, but, uh, you know, it was some sort of slogan, to, hey, let me in. A country that does not enforce its borders will not long remain a country. Ronald Reagan said that years ago, and it's coming true now. But, hey, we can see why Tom Tillis went that way. If the Washington Post opines in favor of amnesty, if Martha Raddatz gets on the other Republicans, well, Tom, again, gets to be this year's uh, Lindsey Graham of about a decade ago or a decade and a half ago. Coming back, the two faces of Trump, it's J.D. for Vince. The Vince Coakley program continues, but uh, Vinceless today. <laughs> Recovering Congressman, proud High Point native, NC State alum, and former Channel 4 Greenville sports anchor J.D. Hayworth in for Brother Vince. Number to call 1-800-928-1110. Now, just a word of gentle instruction. If this is your first time listening, it, it, it's important to which station you listen uh, to this Carolina's Combo Cast. Uh, because in uh, an hour and, I guess about an hour and five minutes, a little more than that, there will be broad broadcast of bifurcation. If you're listening to WBT Charlotte at a quarter till noon, you'll get Bill Riley news and comment. If you're listening on the uh, in the upstate of South Carolina, WORD, well, it'll be you and me till noon as I offer you exclusive upstate content. And we'll get that done a bit later. Here and now, tell you what's coming up next hour. Oh, uh, next hour. We are going to get into uh, what... This deal is with Elon Musk and Twitter and the uh, the request over the weekend, hey, you know, we'll do a poll, and if you don't like the way I'm running Twitter, the implication was Elon would exit as CEO. Now, I, I don't think that changes his ownership, but still, that's a, that's a little shocking. We'll get into that, and also... 
it's it's like the old hippie poster uh, like suppose they gave a war and nobody showed up well you don't have su- to suppose suppose the republicans have a house majority and cannot determine ahead of time who should be the new speaker we'll talk about that next hour but as promised we turn to a topic the two faces of Trump. Now look, there, they, Trump, Donald John Trump, is basically a savant when it comes to media. The, the story is, if you read his bio, yeah, he ended up at, at Penn, at the Wharton School of Business, but he was taking a long look about going to Southern California to the University of Southern California to study cinema. Motion picture, sure enough, when I was at Newsmax TV and I did that hour-long interview a couple of days after he announced, went up to Trump Tower, and the Donald is telling the Newsmax guys where to set up their cameras. So he looks okay. And, you know, he was right. Okay, you're doing a two-camera shot. Put this one right here so I can, and it worked out well. And I got a nice long interview uh, that I don't know if they still run there at Newsmax.com. They ran it for a long time, which is kind of an interesting time capsule. So you get that. And, you know, the other deal, even as we were doing that interview back in 2016, uh the commercial effect of the Trump Tower, it became like a, a Disneyland for adults. People were filing through, and Trump, even though he's a teetotaler, wanted to do this interview in the bar down in the lobby so people would come watch him. And the guy has made a lot of dough, right? He's one of the billionaires, but last week something happened that simply stated, in my opinion, was not a good look. It was Donald Trump as make another dollar Donald announcing NFT trading cards. And here is the first 15 seconds of the video announcement. Cut six. Hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. That was cringeworthy. If you're looking for a spirited defense of that from WAH, you ain't going to get it. I mean, it was not smart, especially tweeting or uh, on Truth Social or, hey, important announcement tomorrow. Well, that was one of the things he did last week. And I think on the same day, here comes Trump, the reformer, Trump, the 45th president, Trump, the 2024 candidate who could become the 47th president. And he lays out and articulates the fact that censorship is running rampant in the land, and we cannot let it continue. Listen to Cut 7. Then we just don't have a free country. It's as simple as that. If this most fundamental right is allowed to perish, then the rest of our rights and liberties will topple, just like dominoes, one by one. They'll go down. 
That's why today I'm announcing my plan to shatter the left-wing censorship regime and to reclaim the right to free speech for all Americans. And reclaim is a very important word in this case because they've taken it away. Now, what maybe we, we just upcut and missed the first part of the statement. Trump said, we don't have free if, speech, there it is. We just don't okay. have a free country. <laughs> well, that's nice. It came under my voice. If we don't have free speech, we don't have a free country. And he's absolutely right about that. And this is the thing that is, you know, for suburban housewives, it was it was Twitter. He's just mean on Twitter. And it set up the whole pretext for the censorship. You know, forget the deep state. Let's let's coin a new phrase today. The silencing state. The censorious state. It set up the whole framework for high tech to go after Donald John Trump as the sitting president of the United States. Now, you can be a guy who hates Trump's guts, but here's the problem. They may come after a president you detest, but one day the shoe's going to be on the other foot unless you undertake genuine reforms. The, the classic liberals are few and far between because they've sold out to, to a crowd that, that is embracing, well, what Jonah Goldberg, a notable Trump hater, wrote about years ago, liberal fascism. I don't call them liberals. The left deciding to move in lockstep to try to roll over political opponents. One lefty, one registered Democrat, who's a law professor, is wise to it. We will hear from him when we come back. It's J.D. for Vince. And to reclaim the right to free speech for all Americans, and reclaim is a very important word in this case because they've taken it away. Donald John Trump, 45th president of the United States, a candidate to become the 47th president of the United States. Uh, you know, the thing is, what now, now the cynics will say, oh yeah, Trump is doing that as a make good because he got mad the other week at Truth and he put out some statement about we got to get past this, even if it's in the Constitution, about some of the, um, the abridgments that he's faced. So uh, I want you to think about, I'm interested in your thoughts on what, in essence, becomes the, um, the, the, the dilemma of Donald Trump, the two faces of Trump, bad Donald and good Donald. And is there... there a way to reckon which Trump, should he return to Washington, would end up in that gig. Now, one other thing I should point out, and that is uh, that 
when when we're dealing with this today, remember the news, the January 6th committee, which, by the way, the New York Times said was great television viewing today. Uh, no need to hold your breath. Of course, they're going to make a criminal referral to the Justice Department going after who? Donald Trump. Is it really based on factual and legal stuff? No, it's political. Your thoughts on that? Tell you what, uh, I understand Joe has given us a call at 1-800-928-1110. Joe, you've got a way to analyze arguments for us. Do you not? I think possibly I do. At least I think uh, it has makes a lot of sense to me for a whole lot of situations that we've dealt with in the recent past. Uh-huh. For some well, reason, and I think I understand that reason, our whole electoral apparatus has been geared toward the money. You know, a politician, if he doesn't have the money, he's dead in the water. He doesn't have all you know, the contributions and for the advertisements and so forth. He's just pretty much dead in the water. You know, it's just, it's just like silencing him for the most part. And um, anyway, so what I've kind of deduced out of that is there seems to be three sides to every political situation uh-huh. for the politicians. There's the right side, there's the wrong side, then there's the money side. And I define the money side as the side where basically the politician makes the most money or himself, or his campaign, or whatever. And I think for a lot of politicians, if not most politicians, that's the way they think. But you're the man who would know better than I would. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Joe. In in my case, and uh, it, 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 just a matter of fact, I mean, I actually was attacked by the newspaper out in Arizona, the Arizona Repugnant, because I didn't have all these different investments. And I called him, I said, now just imagine, if, if I had all these investments, you would accuse me, since I serve on the Ways and Means Committee and deal with the tax code, you would accuse me of making decisions based on the stock I held. Right. So, you know, it's, it's not always that way. And there are, t- Here, here's the way I would offer a friendly amendment, Joe. Uh, there's uh, the wrong side, there's the right side, there's monies on both sides. And if anybody's taking money in exchange for decision-making, that's called quid pro quo, and you end up in the slammer, or you're supposed to. Now, maybe it's going to change under this Justice Department, given what's all the stuff going on with the Biden family. Uh, But I hear you, and I understand the cynicism. And uh, there there are... uh, now, it doesn't apply to yeah. every politician. No, no, it's not everybody. Well, yeah, but there are people who do. Principle. Yeah, yeah, there are there are people who would uh, who are succumb, whether it's uh, the notion of jobs for relatives, or something else. They they succumb to this kind of uh, this wheel of corruption that you're talking about. But you've given us something to think about, and I, I want to thank you for it. Let me ponder that a little more, and I'll try to have a good answer. I. I hear exactly what you're saying. I would also say it's not always financial. Thanks thanks for the call, Joe, and for your point of view. It's not always financial. Sometimes it's just the deal where uh, people get beat up. Public derision. 
may not be a cost involved in that except psychological. So you get guys uh, like Tom Tillis for amnesty, uh, like Lindsey Graham for amnesty. And maybe I'm going light on them saying it's just the psychology of, of getting beaten up. Now, of course, uh, Lindsey got beat up the other way and says he's learned his lesson. So we'll, we'll take that. I want to get back to Trump on free speech. Specifically, uh, here is a Democrat, a law professor at George Washington University, Jonathan Turley. How about this? He blames members of his own party for the erosion of the First Amendment. Listen to cut nine. Uh, Congress has shown a steadfast refusal to dig into uh, the censorship allegations. Many of us have been writing about this for years. The Democratic members have refused to pursue this. And in fact, Democratic members have pushed social media companies to expand censorship. Well, yes, they have. Because all of Silicon Valley, or 99.99% of it, is on the left's side. That's problematic. Wouldn't you agree? Hour two is ahead. More on this issue and the incoming Republican Congress. It's J.D. for Vince. Stay tuned.